Welcome to the Sports and Torts podcast and its presentation of college football's last call. This podcast is powered by the J. Stein Law Firm, a personal injury law firm in Atlanta, Georgia. And now, the boys bring you their thoughts on this week in college football. Your boys are back with big old damn smiles on our faces after this past weekend, right, boys? Josh Stein here, Lawrence Kessler, Jason Gans, here to bring you week three of College Football's Last Call. Guys, I mean, how freaking awesome is it just watching the dogs just whoop that Gamecock ass over the weekend? I mean, you know, they say it's great to be a Georgia Bulldog. And uh, right now, I don't think it's ever been better. This team is just dominant, more dominant than any Georgia team that we've seen in our lifetimes. Yeah, you know, I wanted to, after listening to our previous two episodes, I realized I've been bagging on uh, a lot of other teams. And I think I should probably start this one off by apologizing and saying, these guys suck and this conference is down. That's not the case. Maybe it is partially. The dogs are just that much better. They're the outlier. We're the outlier. It's not that college football is down. It's that we're that up. So apologize to the losers out there. I think there's a lot more parity in college football this year outside of Georgia. I want to apologize to the, to the listeners who aren't Georgia fans. Because I want to do 28 minutes of Georgia today, one minute of the Mets, and one minute of Larry's terrible soccer battle of the week last week. I'm good to go with that. It's a good approach by me. So where'd y'all watch the game and uh, tell me y'all's you know, reactions? Yeah, so I was running around yesterday morning. I uh, I didn't get home till about 1, 110 because of kids' stuff. So what I did, you know, I had the game DVR'd, and I just refused to look at my phone, right? And so I, I wasn't necessarily concerned. But I didn't want to be surprised. And I did run into someone out of Chastain Park, NYO, uh, Matt Bider. And the first thing I said to him is, don't say anything to me. You know, so uh, It's really difficult to avoid any updates in today's day and age. You have to put the phone completely down and yeah. do what you did, which is, guys, I, I can't hear anything. I didn't look at anything. It took me to, I don't know, about five minutes into the third quarter to catch up. So I was out at Noonday Park again watching soccer. A uh, shout-out, Sam Kessler had his first goal this weekend in like two years. Nice. Um, and I started watching it on my phone from the sidelines, and his game started at 11. It was over like by 12.15. Listened to a little bit in the car, got um, the Brock Bowers touchdown, his, his uh, toe-tap touchdown while we were in the car, and then was able to get home in time to watch most of the second quarter and second half of the game. Um, you know, I watched it to the very end, hoping that we could keep that shutout. It was uh, kind of disappointing. Uh, but Kirby kept coaching those boys, uh, and he's not going to let that seven points uh, slide without some some repercussions there. Really, the only thing disappointing about the game was that we didn't get the 50-burger and that they scored that BS touchdown at the end. Those are the only two things you could say, eh, wish it didn't go that way. Uh, yeah, well, you know, Rattler also didn't get that fumble that we all predicted. He had the two picks. Because they pulled him. <laughs> right, didn't give him a chance to. Yeah. Well, I watched the game at Taco Mac, which I've not been to a sports bar in quite some time for just a regular, regular season game. It's always so fun. The energy there, TVs the going, beers going. It was just – it was a great atmosphere. Did they have the volume on for the, the dogs? They did. Uh, yeah, they did. It was all Georgia people. So, you know, they had all the TVs, but they had, definitely were focused on that one. You know, the, the, the first drive, the game started. Um, we were on defense first, but we got the ball first. And, and Jason, you said last week the, about the embarrassment of riches. And it's like, where are you going to go to try to stop these guys? And that first drive, obviously, it was scripted by Munkin, but it was 
unreal because they went – I actually just wrote it down. I want to make sure I, I got it right. They start off past to McConkey, handoff to, uh, to, to McIntosh, pass to Bowers, pass to Jackson, run with Milton, McIntosh with a touchdown. Like seven or eight plays to all those guys, and it, it took no time whatsoever, mm-hmm. seven nothing Georgia, and then the route is on. Yeah, th- this offense is efficient. It's efficient. There's an embarrassment of riches. They're playing clean football, very few penalties, and uh, I'm going to go out and say it, but zero turnovers thus far this season. I, I know, you know, it's, it's, it's the jinx, but I'm good. you got to put it out there. Is there, a, is there a better player in college football right now than Brock Bowers? Seriously, like he's a mule, and I would love it if him and Stetson were sitting next to each other in New York come second week of December. So after the Georgia game, I went and watched a sixth-grade football game. And after that game, there was an eighth-grade team that was warming up that was going to be playing next. And I was envisioning the eighth-grader being Brock Bowers playing versus sixth-graders, which is essentially what he looks like on Saturdays. He's the biggest – well, not even the biggest, but he's the fastest – he runs the best routes, and they can't they can't stop him. He could play, with the exception of quarterback, and maybe he could. He could play any skill position on the offensive on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, he plays tight end. He can play all three receiver positions. That you can line the guy up in the backfield. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Have you seen him throw? Maybe you can throw. It wouldn't surprise me. He can do it all. I mean, he had a rushing touchdown and what two two passing touchdowns uh, or two two receptions. Um, I mean, a hell of a day for for number nineteen out of Napa. Yeah, the the problem is though. I think Larry, you said it. That, yeah, I think he probably is the best player in college football. You know, you, people argue Will Anderson's the best player on on, on the defensive side of the ball, but it, you know, look, the Heisman Trophy is a quarterback's you know award, except if you're in like a freaky year. So it sucks. I see very very little chance of him being there. But you know, look, I think we all could agree that he's he's definitely the best offensive player in college football at this point. A tight end has not won the Heisman Trophy since, I believe, 1949 was the statistic I saw today. Did y'all notice the low uh, rushing attempts again and being spread out with our leading rusher actually being Stetson Bennett? Yeah, yeah. It's what uh, Milton had 10 carries again. Um, I think Dejon De- Edwards um, probably had the most yards that wasn't the, what, the true running back. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was, listen, it was – I mean, everybody got – this was the game that everybody got to play. I mean, we had a guy named Cash – was it Cash Jones? A walk-on, probably 140-pound running back playing at the end of the game and then laying a shoulder down and knocking people over. You know, Carson Beck got some meaningful minutes. Gans, I think, as you said, he was putting, he was putting some uh, um, transfer tape together potentially. Yeah. <laughs> Dan Jackson got a pick. Yeah, look, I think the, the toughest thing for us yesterday was bringing our own air conditioner unit, right? Uh, besides that, you know, nothing else could stop us besides the heat in the uh, the visitor's locker room. And the other thing I loved was, is just Kirby's Kirby's passion and emotion coming through on the sideline. After we stopped him on the fourth down, after they had the fake punt, which converted, and then you just see Kirby mouth, first down, MFR, you know, that way. And that he's the most he's the most gifable coach in college football. He, he is. But Lawrence, that was right after all the sorority girls were running around in the end zone, uh, <laughs> which seems like that was some sort of BS from South Carolina. Like, how did they end up on the field? Beamer I, didn't like that one bit, though. He didn't like that one bit. 
That, that, that seemed like there's some funky business going on there. And, and Kirby and, uh, and Beamer were screaming at each other across the field there. It looked like Kirby was blaming that on Beamer. And Beamer was saying, like, no, it's not my fault. I didn't do this. But, look, when, when you show up and there's no AC in the in the locker room and all this garbage going on, I put nothing past Beamer. I think he's a bit of a clown. Uh, look, he's he on Georgia's staff. Kirby was happy to see him go. Yeah, when you, you, you call, that, you're calling yeah. shenanigans on Beamer, huh? Yeah, he did. Gans called that morning, and he he changed his pick, and he upped yeah. it to fifty five to ten. He yeah. said he said it's going to be even worse for them. Yeah. Uh, so so back to Stetson Bennett. Um, I've got a I've got a comp for him. I think I'm prepared to now say Baker Mayfield. Well, you know, going back to 2017 when he was on the scout team, they they said he was. Ba- I mean, he was as close to Baker Mayfield as it gets running the scout team back when he was. You know, a mere freshman. Uh, what's that now? Seven years ago, uh, however long, <laughs> over long ago it was. He, he's Baker Mayfield in college. I mean, I think he might be a little bit shorter, maybe a little bit smaller. But the way he was running around and the way he's slinging the ball around, you can't tell me that Baker looked any different doing that at Oklahoma. He runs better than Baker does. I mean, that that touchdown run that he had. I mean, he juked the hell out of that guy. Steve. Yeah. Put a leg in the dirt, cut back, and and honestly, he probably he almost had two touchdowns. So that move finally drew our friend Sean Traub to say, I'm on board with Stetson Bennett. He finally admitted after watching those two moves that 13 is the man. Yeah, say it with me. Stetson Bennett is a good quarterback. Yeah, yeah let's say it all together. You know, and, and listen, the guy, you know, tossed his lunch up or his breakfast up, and he still balled out. The guy, his numbers, he's averaging right about just under 300 yards a game, right? I'm sorry, he's just over 300 yards a game passing and he's only playing you know i don't know 60 percent of the game and then he's getting pulled there's nothing more you can ask of him to do it's crazy really i mean it's like i think you said it lawrence either before we started or earlier it's a video game right now the team yeah. looks like a video game well i and credit to, to todd munkin because i mean look he's done a great job of getting step prepared you, you've got a 14th year senior so the guy knows you know the offense but he, he's scheming guys open. You're, you're running, you know, these little these little uh, forward passes that, that they, you know, that are effectively runs. But it's just it's smart. It gets them in rhythm. So that pads the stats a little bit. But ju- just the 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 play calling is fantastic. Every week, you know, it seems like we're featuring someone different. Obviously, it was Brock this week. I think I, I heard something or I saw a sort of tweet that that it looked like there were a lot of spot. There was a spy on Kenny Mack quite a bit in that game. So basically South Carolina said, we're not going to let Kenny Mack beat us. And, and they said, all right, well, we'll, we'll have the dude from Napa beat you. So, you know. Yeah, we'll just we'll just have the best player in college football beat you. Yeah. I mean, we had no A.D. Mitchell. You know, Eric Gilbert, I think, is just looking to me like he's going to be a non-factor this season uh, again. Um, I mean, it's just there, there's – no matter where you look offensively, I mean, even Dominic Blaylock was back there catching passes. Good to see him um, in there. I think the only disappointment for me in the game, as you said, outside of hanging 50 and splitting that one touchdown, is that Stetson didn't get to 300 yards passing because he got pulled with six minutes left in the third quarter. I thought they were going to keep him in. Yeah, I mean, if look, if you want to nitpick on offense, right, I think a lot of people are going to say the rushing game wasn't there this week, right? And and at some point in the season, right, you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have third and four. You got to convert the big first down and, you, you know, Maybe you don't want to get cute. You just want to run it up there. They're behind. And and we haven't really shown much of that. We're definitely missing Zeus. Kendall Milton, there's people that are starting to not love him right now. He runs pretty upright. He, You know, you look at him, he falls over. So, look, if you're going to nitpick and pick an area of concern, that, that's probably it on the offensive side of the ball. 
Hadn't needed yet, though. I mean, Kendall Milton scored a touchdown in every game so far this season. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing what they need to do. Guess who didn't have a good weekend? Auburn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, listen, you, that list, I think, is long and distinguished this weekend. Auburn, uh, Georgia there? Tech, I mean, Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, the, Florida. the Auburn score jumped off the page at me. I mean, we play them, what, in two weeks, two or three weeks? Yeah, three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah, uh, I mean, is is their coach safe to be their coach in two or three weeks? Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's stupid. We talked about it last week. I think it's stupid to fire people midseason. I mean, they wanted to dump him. I, I, I looked it up. I think he's got a $15 million buy. I think you said 18 So let's look the difference called 16 and a half. I mean, what's the point of firing him now? You know, fire him as soon as the season's over. He won't be the coach in 2023. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the you're you're seeing teams make moves now because they want to get ahead of the free agent coaches in that market. So um, obviously, Scott Frost fired last week. Herm Edwards got fired today. You know, with all the speculation about you know, you know, Urban Meyer being another hot name to get back into the coaching ranks. Like, you know, is it a sweepstakes for him? And if you got to fire your coach, is it better to do it sooner rather than later? I don't. Um, I don't see any advantage. I mean, I'm just uh, – listen, I, I kind of agree with you, but I do think, like, you know, if you're going to go after somebody, especially to salvage any sort of recruiting and get the boosters on board with the NIL, maybe you go ahead and make a move. Um, I mean, it didn't work for Nebraska because they just got their, their butts kicked again this past weekend. But they're doing it anyway, right? They're doing it behind – like, Horson's gone. He's not coming back in 2023. And if you don't think, you know, the powers that be at Auburn aren't talking to whoever, you know, Blaine Kiffins, the Hugh Freezes, that would be a match made in hell. Uh, you know, uh, the other people, they're, they're already doing it. I mean, the other one that that's toast is Geoff Collins on, on the flats. Uh, Let's just jump right to that. Lawrence, you know, at, at the time, last week, you thought you were going to be all smart and keep your streak rolling. And then you got way, way, way too cute and, sure. and actually bet on Georgia Tech in football with Geoff Collins as the coach. Yep. Do you, do you, do you hand, hand raised, hand raised, my bad. I should know better. Um, that line, it just looked like it looked like a sucker bet to you. But now going back and looking, Georgia Tech's last five games, they've scored, I think they've been shut out four times and scored 10 points. Uh, I think they've been outscored like 143 or something to 10 dating back to last season. Um, that team has quit on Geoff, and Georgia Tech will be looking for a new coach down at the joke by Coke. Um, you know, if I'm Tech, and I think I mentioned this on the on the um, season preview, if I'm Tech, like, you know, you either go after Deion Sanders or you go and try and get one of these Georgia assistant coaches who really knows how to recruit the state, like Adele McGee or Todd Munkin, if they would even take that job. Um, but, you know, again, I don't think there's any reason that Georgia Tech should be this bad. They should be, you know, at least somewhat relevant in the conversation to win their their division within the ACC, you know, every now and again. But ever since they fired Fish Fry, which was the right decision for them, uh, they just missed on Jeff Collins. He's terrible. Well, we accept your apology on your bet. Just just please do better. And, and you, know, you know who else, and, and to, not to play off of Gans's statement in the beginning about trying to bang on teams, but Florida sucks too. Sucks. Sucks. They're 2-1. They're, they're they, they could be 0-3. Um, you know, they, they've got – who did I – I wrote it down, actually. 
they've got Kentucky coming up, LSU, uh, Tennessee this week, Kentucky, LSU, all before they play. They've already played Kentucky. They lost to Kentucky. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I haven't lost it. Yeah, sorry. They've got LSU and Tennessee uh, coming up before they play us. Right, so you know, even if they split those, right? I mean, I think they're they're they they lose this week by by you know seven or eight points up in uh, Knoxville. So yeah, uh, I've seen enough of AR fifteen. Sorry, so my weekly AR fifteen stat of note is that Carson Beck has two more touchdown passes than AR fifteen this year. (laughs) So that's the game I like to play. Things that are higher than uh, AR 15s touchdown total. Like his number of tackles this year is more than his touchdowns. Right. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. So Tennessee's what a double digit favorite over them this weekend? You know, point favorite. Is that what it is? Because I've seen two different numbers. Uh I saw ten, I saw four and a half, which aren't close. So I don't know. I I've it's got ten. ten. It's it ten. You know, in that case, I'd probably take the old backdoor cover. I see something like 35, 27, 30, you know, something around there. Um, you know, Tennessee can score. Florida can't. Um, Florida's defense is okay. So Florida has dominated this, the Florida-Tennessee rivalry. I think they are 18-4 and four since 2000. Um Florida, no matter how bad they are, always finds a way to beat Tennessee. Not saying that Tennessee's been very good since 2000. Um, I think Tennessee wins this year. I think I think it is closer within the number. Uh, Ten just seems like a lot for for this rivalry. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's hard it's hard for me to to see Tennessee running away with it. But by the same token, I mean, what has Florida shown us? Thinks they can keep it close. It's in it's in Knoxville, right? College game day is going to be there. They haven't been there in forever. So it's going to be nailing stadiums and lubed up, ready to rock and roll. So speaking of terrible quarterbacks uh, that are vastly overrated, we actually didn't hit on this, how bad Spencer Rattler is. Uh, you, you know, kind of circling back to the dogs game, what a dumpster fire he is. He made one good pass. His first pass of the game was a good pass. And after yeah. that, I don't think he did one, one thing right. This yeah. guy going into the 2021 season was – Projected as a Heisman candidate and a potential number one overall pick. I don't know if he plays in the NFL. No, no. What I was impressed with was South Carolina's punter probably throws the best ball. Ever. That was their best <laughs> off the play of the game. Yeah. 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 yeah Radler, Radler peaked as a uh, reality TV star back yeah. as a senior in high school. That's right. Um, how about the Mets, dude? You impressed the Mets got a victory? And that again, like you know, I, I started this off by apologizing that that I'm too hard on people, but it was bad football. I watched the game; it was bad football. Uh, uh, Mario Cristobal is a terrible coach. Terrible uh, coach. Terrible. Just watching the clock management at the end of that game was absolutely atrocious. Nobody wanted to win the game. Neither one of those teams are good. They're they're I, again. I know I'm contradicting myself back to the beginning here, but <laughs> but but they suck and. Uh, and the Aggies play Arkansas this week in Jerry's World. Um, I, I love the pit boss. I, I just want to. I want to see someone put Jimbo Fisher and his beady eyes out of his misery. Just, just send him packing. Yeah, I mean that game. That game was pretty boring. It actually put me to sleep. Uh, the late night game on the sofa. Um, Cristobal. I mean, he kept settling for field goals. I do think Max Johnson, the better quarterback than the guy that he replaced, Haynes King. Um, a chain is or a arc. What's his name? The, the running back. A chain is like he's okay, but both of those teams. The NIL bowl was a, a flop. They both those teams stink. <laughs> the NIL bowl. That's funny. Oh god! All right, bouncing around quick. A lot to hit. 
Um, Oregon had a better had a better showing. That makes our win look, look that much better, right? We're the only ones that have quality wins for the most part. I mean, and Oregon, I think, is a quality win. Is South Carolina a quality win? I don't know. But when you win 48-7 to in the SEC and you're not playing Vanderbilt or Missouri, I'd say so, particularly on the road. Who else has had a quality win? I mean, well, so that, I mean that was a, that was a really nice win for Oregon. BYU is a, is, a, is a good team out there. I mean, there's not a, the only great team right now, in my opinion, Georgia. Um, but BYU is a good team. They, they handled their business. Um, and I think Oregon's going to continue to make us look better and better. Like, I mean, not that we need it, but they're going to continue to make us look a little bit better um, as the season goes on. They're probably the best team in the Pac-12 um, outside of USC at this point of the season. So my second favorite team in the country behind, behind Georgia has got to be App State. Yeah. How about that, man? That, that I literally I turned that game on on ESPN+. Plus. I saw two plays. I saw an incomplete pass, and then I saw the Hail Mary and – you know that, like the 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 people of Boone, North Carolina. Um, you know they're doing a lot for business development for our client app regional there. I'm sure there was a few stomachs being pumped, probably a couple broken legs. Uh, it must be fun to be an App State student this time of year uh, right now because they're they are rolling. They are rolling. How about that though? You need a hail mary to beat Troy at home, but you uh, run it down a uh, And M space in Aggieland last week, so. But I think a lot of that played into what we discussed, which is, you know, the come down after the big win like that, being hype all week with college game day. That's how we saw it playing out, right? I mean, the, the 12 points were going to be tough for them to cover. So, you know, it didn't surprise me too much, but just another just fantastic game for them, fantastic win. Like you said, Boone, North Carolina is the place to be right now, outside of Athens, Georgia, of course. Yeah, there's a couple other games that were interesting, just, just the final score uh, where a couple teams had some struggle wins out there. Uh, UCLA barely beat South Alabama. And then, you know, Gans, you referenced the pit boss earlier. It took a lot for Arkansas to come back and beat the fighting Petrinos of Missouri State. Um, so I don't know if those were trap games or what was going on, but uh, not not very decisive, convincing wins for those two schools. I mean, Texas was having trouble with uh, University of Texas, San Antonio for a while, then up winning by 21. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't look too much into that as, you know, get the W and move on. I, I You know, I kept seeing the Arkansas-Missouri score. You know, sometimes it's hard for them to get up. I mean, speaking of that, we got Kent State this week. Any, any concern there, Larry? No, uh, listen, I'm going. I'm making a trip to Athens this weekend. Sam and I are going to head up there for the noon kick. Um, I think we're, what, 42-point favorites? Um Again, I don't know if we cover. It's one of these things like Samford, you know, get in, take care of business, try not to get hurt, and let's get prepared for Missouri, which may be just another on the cupcake of cupcakes. I have some I have some questions about Kent State for you guys. Yep. You ready? Yeah. What's their mascot's name? The Kents. Um What are I don't even know what they are, the the Warriors? <laughs> They're the golden flashes. The golden flashes. So I'll be calling them flashers all week. Of course, we have I was going to call them the zips, but that's Akron. That's Akron. Well, okay. This is the next one. What state are they in? Ohio. Indiana. Ohio is right. Uh, name the coach and or one player on the team. Uh, Nick Saban. Matt Landers. <laughs> so Nick Saban, of course, is a notable alumni. Along a pretty long and distinguished list of alumni, by the way. You ready for this list? Yeah. Of course, Nick Saban. Drew Carey from Price is Right. Yeah. Arsenio Hall. <laughs> Steve Harvey. Wow. Oh, they produce game show hosts. Is this like possible? 
They produce game show hosts. I love it. And a WWE wrestler. Ooh. Um, hmm. Dead or alive? I think he's alive only by his age. Only because of his age. Triple H. No. John Cena. Dolph Ziggler. You know Dolph? I know Dolph Z- of Dolph Ziggler. I, I'm not super familiar with his work. Yeah. And then Julian Edelman also. So a pretty good okay. list of folks from Kent State, right? They're going to get their ass kicked this weekend, but, you know, good on them for what they've got going on. I wonder if Dolph Ziggler and uh, Julian Hall have sideline passes in Athens. I'll, I'll keep an eye out for them. So you're taking the family out this weekend, Lawrence? I think it's going to be me and Sam. I may take Jordan. Um, yet, yet to be determined. It's still early in the week here. There you go. Uh, but I'm excited. I've been to Athens since we have assumed the title of best in the world. I mean, listen, the good thing about you try, these games are exciting in the sense that we all like their stats junkies and we want to see what the dogs can put up. I don't think there will be any crazy stats this weekend because I assume they'll they'll pull them. But the good thing is you're getting live fire reps for, for the guys down the depth chart. I mean, this weekend, Usher might get in. But, you know, the, the Carson Beck last week, he looked really good. He got some significant playing time. He was – Five of six for a touchdown, like that. You know, he, he ran two of 25. So you're getting live fire reps for guys. I mean, look at our schedule, though, coming up, right? You got Kent State. You've got Mizzou. You've got Auburn. You've got Vandy. You've got a bye week. I would argue the bye week's our toughest opponent coming up. Hope no one gets arrested. I mean. Well, the, yeah, the practice during that week will be harder than any of these games. That's yeah, right. Sure. I, that's believe, I believe Vandy is – Getting 38 points this weekend against Alabama. Yeah. At the three, three and one Vanderbilt Commodores, by the way. Yeah. They hit their over on season win total already. That's two and a half. Yeah. So, Gans, has your, you like doing the, the playoff top four? Has it changed at all since last week? Yeah. I took a hard look at it, right? So, uh, Georgia, um, Alabama, right? Uh, I, I guess you leave Ohio State in there. And then uh, Michigan, right? I, I don't see any uh, Oklahoma. Beat the hell out of Nebraska. I mean, I, I, I put Oklahoma and, and USC at five and six. I really do see a scenario where uh, you've got two SEC teams and two Big Ten teams because there's no one else in the Big Ten besides Ohio State and Michigan. The Big Ten is – they're terrible. Apologies, you're terrible. Uh, <laughs> uh, at Penn, St- Penn State, I mean, uh, if you look at the odds, I sent you guys the odds this morning in Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, you know – it's those three, and then the odds fall off pretty big. And then the, and then there's a whole other tranche after that includes teams like Tennessee and Penn State. Uh, Penn State, I believe, has maybe Michigan State and um, in Michigan coming up in the next couple of weeks. So they'll, that'll see if they're for real or not. They, you know, they're playing better than they have last couple of seasons under James Franklin. Uh, but I, I think you know my, my four would still be Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. And I think what last week I had USC in there. I'm probably going to still stick with that for now. So I'm going to steal, uh, is it Pat Ford or Pat Forty? How do you pronounce his name? Forty. Forty. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal Pat Forty's four. Number one, Georgia. Number two, nobody. Number three, else. Number four, matters. Right. Four, nobody else matters. That's, and, that, that's where I'm at right now. Well, right now, I mean, listen, today is September 18th or whatever. It's fluid, as they say. Things will change. But as of today, I mean, yeah, Georgia is ahead above everybody else. Um, I, I, where does Bama fall? I don't know. By the way, uh, I just I think we do this every week. I think Jermaine Burton had one catch for six. <laughs> the Jermaine Burton watch. Yeah, yeah, you're killing it over there, pal. Enjoy it. 
Oh, too good. The other thing we do every week, of course, is Lawrence's Sucker Bet of the Week, yeah. which now is no longer undefeated. So, yeah. So, that? looking back, you know, I did a lot of soul searching after Texas got their brains beat in. The real Sucker Bet of the Week last week was actually taking Michigan State, uh, going on the road against Washington and getting, I think, two and a half or three points. And they just got their brains beat in by Indiana transfer Michael Penix Jr. Um, uh, so that, that's where I should have gone with it. I didn't. I, I took Tech, and again, my bad. Um, the lines just came out for, for week four games. There's a couple that I'm looking at uh, that look a little bit interesting to me. Um, Clemson minus seven and a half versus Wake Forest. I feel like a lot of people are going to be on Clemson. Um, so I think Wake Forest might be the sneaky pick there. I think Clemson may be a sucker. Um, Oregon is minus six and a half versus Washington State, which I think the public's going to be heavy on the Ducks. And Washington State just went into Madison, Wisconsin and beat, and beat the Badgers. Um, so that's on one I like. But I think that my pick that I'm taking for my sucker bet of the week is the higher-ranked Arkansas Razorbacks are going on the road versus the Mets and they're plus three. The Mets stink. <laughs> Everybody loves Arkansas. I think it's going to be a popular pick. Um, that may be a pick them by game time. I'm going to think – I think Arkansas is the sucker bet of the week and I'm taking the Mets. Oh, this – Ouch. Perfect. Ouch. I'm all, I'm all over the other side. Can we just refer this from now on instead of the sucker bet of the week as Larry's losers? I think that – I'm two and one, bro. I, I, I appreciate Larry's attempt at just getting ratings by saying things like this. We doggled the Mets for three weeks. We doggled Georgia Tech for 30 years, and those are his two picks the last two weeks. I, I love it. Larry's loser. Um, so one thing that I, I meant to point out earlier, and this is kind of random, but I'm going to point it out. I saw Jesse Palmer talking, and maybe it was like uh, SEC final, whatever it was. And he said, well, we saying for a few weeks, months now that Georgia has a better tight end room than, than the NFL, uh, than, than any team in the NFL. Right. And then, so what I did was I went in and I looked, right. Like, like who are the best tight ends in the NFL? I've come up with two that I think are better than Brock Bowers today, today, Kelsey, Kelsey, and Kittle, name yep. another one that you think I'll take Brock Bowers over Kyle Pitts any day of the week. Um, Darren Waller was the only other one that was eh, debatable. And I still think I take Brock over Darren Waller. Kyle Speaking Pitts of Kyle catches Pitt. all year. There you go. Speaking of Kyle Pitts, the Falcons found a way to snap a ball off of his shin today while he was in motion. That's impressive. That was pretty awesome. The yeah. Falcons also had a chance to exercise the 28 to 3 demons <laughs> that have killed the franchise. And they were on the 20 yard line. And then y'all's boy, Mariota, throws a pick to end the game. Which, by the way, Jalen Rains made an unbelievable play on that ball. I didn't see it. I was watching in Lou. <laughs> Fun fact, the Falcons blocked punt return for a touchdown today by Georgia Bulldog Lorenzo Carter is the first blocked punt return for a touchdown in Falcons history. Come on. Really? Leave it up Wait, to Zoe Carter. Falcons. London Falcons. <laughs> They've got a very short history. <laughs> I mean, that's the first time they blocked a punt and taken in for a touchdown. At least that's what the nerds on the radio were telling me. That's crazy. So let's finish up with just making another one of these predictions on the Georgia score. Again, it's impossible to do with these high um, high point spreads, but take a shot at it. I, I, I'm going to go for it. I, I've, I've said each week that that they're going to put points up against us, and it looked like you know we threw a shutout against uh, 
I don't know, Old Dominion, whoever we played two weeks ago, Sanford. Uh, we should have thrown a shutout this week. I'm going to go with the shutout this week. I do think we hit the 50-burger, 52 nothing dogs. I'm going to go 45 nothing dogs. Cover the spread, no points. Maybe Vandergriff throws a pass, and then Carson Beck uh, increases his lead on touchdown passes over AR-15. That's fantastic. Just just for just for S and G's, I'll split the difference. Forty nine nothing. Ah, uh, you you uh, you prices right to us. <laughs> so you know, I've been doing these things on Facebook, having people predict the scores, and there was some controversy this week about my computation on how to come up with what's closest. What what do y'all think? I mean, we discussed prices right rules have to be in play. I like to see combined points that you're missing it if you add the That's difference in both teams. What, how would y'all go about doing it? I would combine do points, and you can't go you can't go over the total. Price is right rules, man. Everybody knows that. I, I do combine points. I think I think uh, combined points are, are, are the way to go. You, you, this needs to be uh, audited by uh, Ernst and Young. So it was <laughs> wild. Like all the entries last week were, you know, forty something or fifty something Georgia to single digit or teen South Carolina. Like everybody knew what that score was going to be. You didn't have anyone, you know, come in there and try to, uh, you know, salt your Cheerios and say dogs are going to be upset. There was one person. One person picked South Carolina to win. Yeah, but then he side-texted me his actual score. He just tries to stir the pot. My boy Andy Sullivan always likes to stir the pot. So, it's all good. Boys, this was a great weekend to be able to do this conversation, as I expect the next nine, ten, how many more we got are going to be? Until we hold, nine. hold the trophy in L.A.? Nine, nine to Atlanta. Nine, to, nine Atlanta. to Atlanta. I will report live from Athens next week. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, get us some content from up there, will you, buddy? Hey, I'll see if I can get a sideline pass. I'll tell him I'm with the press and see if I can go get some interviews with uh, Brock Bowers. Tell him you know him from Napa. <laughs> I, I just like the, in, in, in Brock we trust. That's it. All right, guys, you have a good week. Thank you all, everybody, for listening. As always, uh, go check out past episodes at sportsandtorch.com. Find us all over the Apple, Spotify, wherever. And until next time, keep chopping. See you, boys. Go dogs. Go dogs.